Okay, thank you, Anya. Um, we're going to move on now to uh, Liam Collins, who, as I said, is the comment editor at the Irish Independent, but former news editor at the Sunday Independent, and we're going to kind of stick more to the news side of things. Yeah, sure. But if you have any information about the future, yes, maybe you can give us a shout on that as well. Okay. Um, I'm, I was, um, I worked as a, um, a journalist in a few provincial uh, papers before coming to Dublin as a freelance and then, then I moved on to the Evening Herald, the Sunday Independent and now I'm, as I said, with the Irish Independent. So I'm going to talk a bit, Maiden's covered, I think, various stories, the interests that people have. So I'm just going to talk a little bit more in general about what news is and where people come from especially for freelancers. And I think one of the things that you have to do as a freelance is to look upon your writing as a commodity. You know, we all have very high-minded, or we start off with high-minded ideas of what the business is like. But it is a business. You're trying to sell a commodity, which is either news, a feature, a piece of comment, whatever. So you have to look at it in those terms. When you... uh, Taking any commodity, you also have to look at the market you're selling it to. There is a fairly big media market out there. Whether there is a big, huge media market for freelancers, I'm not sure, but you have to try and fill the gaps as best you can. As Aidan said, something that's suitable for the Irish Times is not necessarily suitable for The Sun or for the Irish Independent, whatever. You have to just keep an eye on, and I can only speak about newspapers. I don't know about the wider market of uh, radio and the new media, I shouldn't call it that, but online. Those are all developing things, but this is just about newspapers. One of the ways to to do that, obviously, is to keep up with with the various newspapers, to read them carefully, to pick what you think you can best place a thing. Somebody... People think that it's some cooperative venture, say in the Independent, which has three or four papers. You know, if something is not suitable for the Sunday Independent, they won't pass it on to the Daily Independent or the Evening Herald. If something is not suitable for the Features Department, they're not going to give it to the Comment Department or the News Department. That's all up to you. You have to look at the thing, you have to decide where you're going to pitch, and you have to go for, for that market. I think it's also uh, important to get to know people who does what. There's nothing probably as more frustrating that for a news editor than to be getting features or getting comment. And, you know, because you are, if hopefully we're conscientious, we're going to go through all the stuff and see if... But really, it's up to you to give it to the right person. They're not going to pass it on to anybody else. The other thing is you cannot depend on... You should get to know as many editors, get to know their addresses, get to know their numbers, get to talk to them if possible, take, have a coffee with them. But don't depend totally on one. You need to, you know, if I was a freelance today, you'd need to be doing a news story, you'd need to be doing a feature, you'd need to be looking at a magazine article. So you need to be spreading yourself around so you're not dependent totally on one person or one area. I think there are plenty of stories out there. You know, it's just a question of going and getting. There was a, there was a famous writer, Joseph Mitchell, who used to write for the, uh, the New Yorker magazine, and uh, he did fantastic stories like McSorley's Wonderful Saloon. But he claimed he could get <coughs> in a, a train and go to any part of America, get off at 
a random town and he'd find a good story. So their stories are out there. They're not on Google. They've already been done. You have to be looking for something that hasn't been done already. The other thing about freelancing, I suppose, is that we all, um, as editors, you, you go to a meeting at two o'clock or maybe at later on and uh, you'll have your list done out and then some bright spark will always come up with an idea that they won't be able to do but they'll expect you to get somebody to do and that's where you get have you take out your freelance list and you don't want to know that it's their wife's birthday or that the husband uh, is working late no is not the right answer especially in a daily newspaper you've got to build a relationship and the only way you build it is by saying yes I can do that I will do that I'll get you the case study I'll go off and find somebody the other thing is you have to as freelance or as a journalist I know it's um, probably not a very good human trait but everything is a story every conversation you have you have to tap into finding out what people are talking about what they're interested in and I remember years ago when I was starting out as a freelance or I was, I was working down in, in Longford and I met a, I used to come up to Dublin weekends and I met a guy who just started in the Department of Foreign Affairs and he told me the minister had put a bed in his office and then he looked at me and said, oh you're a journalist now, you're not to write that, I'm not 100% sure. So I said, well, okay, of course not. So I went down and there was a magazine called Hibernia at the time and they used to pay, I think it was £5 for a little snippet. So I didn't check out the story, or any, which I should have done, of course, but <laughs> I believed them. So I sent it up and I got in the paper and the next thing, the Evening Herald read the Hibernia and they picked it up and made a big page three lead out of it. Minister's bed, mystery, and apparently the minister at the time had a bad back. So a couple of weeks later, I was back up uh, when we were watching Match of the Day, the same <laughs> fellow in the Department of Foreign Affairs, and he said to me, he, we, I'd forgotten all about it, and he said to me, remember that story I told you? And I says, yeah. He said, it's true, I read it in the Evening Herald. <laughs> <laughs> so, just shows you, everybody is telling you stories, and they're not aware of it. The other area where, and I know people in journalism kind of look down on people... Uh, in PR and sometimes they're quite correctly but PR people are always circulating around town and good PR people know stories they mightn't tell you when you ring up for a comment but over coffee or if you can do them a turn sometimes you know we all live on trade-offs if you can get something in for them they'll give you a story and so there are many other ways in that We've spoken about pitches, and I think the, the, as I say, pitch to the right person. The best way to pitch, I think, is to either phone somebody, or possibly in this day and age, put it in an email, you know, this is what I propose to do, will you commission it? That way, you don't waste time, they don't waste time. The other thing, if I was starting off as a freelance again, I would try and get some sort of a steady gig somewhere, something that would pay the rent. There are, if you look at the papers, there are freelancers out there. They cover a court that nobody else bothers with. They cover a council meeting. There's one very smart guy who, who when somebody's name comes up in a story, he goes through their company accounts and gets, he gets stories in every, every day. And it's just common sense. I used to go down to the probate office and get great stories out of the wills. 
unfortunately, freedom of the press and all the rest of it, they put the cost of uh, going through the wills up to €100 Euro, uh, on a Friday. So that cuts that off for a lot of people. But there was always great stories in that, especially of well-known people. I think the other thing is when you're freelancing, if you, I often get, uh, when I was in the Sunday Independent uh, news desk, you'd get CVs landing on your desk every day. I don't think any editor really wants a CV. If you're going to meet them, come with a story, come with something that they will want or that you can give them. There's a lot of other um, aspects of stories that um, I think people, you know, in, in today, the story will happen. It's the people behind the story, the case studies, the little bit of comment sometimes. If you can wrap up a package of something yourself as a freelance, then you can sell the package. There's always a market uh, for a good package of a new story, Spe particularly, I think, something from outside Dublin. Um, Aidan mentioned it as well. There are, I know that this is a, a freelance branch, but, and most of you probably are based in Dublin, but there are black holes down the country, the Midlands, Aidan mentioned Tipperary, I think, you know, Roscommon, places like that. And there's bound to be plenty of stories, but you have to go and dig them out. And probably sometimes you won't um, find too much cooperation in some parts of the country. The other thing is there are, there are stories every day, the papers, the, the, the usual things, there's the PR releases, there's the courts, the council, going through all that. But... A real story is telling people something that they don't know. And that's what you have to focus on. It's, it's not a rewrite. That, the, the papers do that. We all follow up stories. But in, in most cases, a freelance is battling against all the other reporters in a newsroom. So you have to be giving people something that they don't know already. And that's, I think, the main thing that people in journalism you know, need to concentrate on telling people things that are known but have never appeared anywhere. At the end of the day, it really is a tough place out there. It's a marketplace and you have to go out and fight as hard as you can to get things. It means being organised. It means keeping in contact with people. It means keeping in contact with editors. And it means, I think, hard work. And... I don't know if I, I can see some people who probably have been freelancers and, uh, for, and are happily doing that. For a lot of younger people, freelancing is a way into a regular job if that's what you want. So what I think to do that, you have to impress people and you have to make sure that they're aware that you're there, you're available and that you can give them a good coherent story. And the last thing I'm going to say is investigative journalism is a great idea and we need more of it. But it's, going to, it's one of the hardest areas that anyone will ever get into, especially in today's legal climate where newspapers are under financial pressure and basically you're down, if you end up in court, you end up in a lottery situation. If you end up in court and you're wrong, you're probably finished. So, you know... While it's, we should all aspire to good investigative journalism, it is one of the toughest areas. It's not for the faint-hearted, and you really do need an organisation behind you before you launch yourself into that. And I think it's very commendable.
the amount of investigations that do go on and the amount of hard work people put into them. But if I was a freelance, I would, unless you have the documents in your hand, it's going to be a very, very uh, tough place to be. That all I'd just like to wish you well. The, the, um, as I say, the Sunday Independent, I'm no longer the news editor, but every in, in, the, in the Irish Independent or the Sunday Independent, their first name, their, their initial dot, their second name, at independent.ie, will get you anybody there. If you, you, you know, use the phone, use the phone book, it's still a very useful tool that people have forgotten about. In fact, I'll just one last thing. I have, uh, when I moved into my house, I, I can't remember when, but there was a 1987 uh, phone book, and for some reason I kept it. And now I can get judges' names and numbers. You'd be surprised how many people have never moved home. And uh, they wouldn't be in the phone book today, but they, uh, they were then. So look, just to wish you all the best, and uh, as if, if I can be of any assistance, I'm L. Collins. At in- Sorry, there was no dot. L. Collins at independent.ie and uh, as I say I'm doing comment now but you know there were, the news editor of the Sunday Independent is Shane Dorn S. Dorn at independent.ie he's going to love me for this <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think uh, if you pitch something a, a good story will always sell that's the bottom line with anything a good story that nobody has ever heard before will sell and people will will uh, be willing to buy it. Thank you.